Merry meet and welcome to episode 36 of Pennies in the Well. I am your host, Saturn Dark Hope. I will be your, 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 I could be a great skipping record for you, but apparently what it is that I would be, would I be your tour guide, your light, your inspiration, you're my sun, my moon, my starlit sky, without you I dwell in darkness, or some such thing. Uh, <laughs> name that movie for silly brownie points. Mmm, tasty brownie points. Peculiar brownie points? Special brownie points. Yes, that's what you should give out. Special brownie points, if you can name that movie. So welcome to episode 36 of Pennies in the Well. It has been freaking fucking forever since I've recorded. If I'm not mistaken, it was not too, too long. Oh, wait, it was the Halloween episode. So it's been uh, about two months then since I've recorded. Oh, dear fucking God. But one hell of a couple of months. So uh, without any further ado, let's... Okay, okay, a wee bit of a do. Um, life, life has continued. I'm thinking about changing my profession, which... Uh, could dramatically change everything, uh, which would also, well, potentially impact how often I record, but really, um, life's so busy these days that all I can say is my intention is to keep being here and that if I ever actually decide to stop doing it, I will slip a line into the, the podverse, a, a simple little, I'm out of here, folks, have a great life kind of, um, episode. So if you ever see a minute long episode, be worried. Yes. But until then, it's really just a matter of I have the best and truly the best of intentions. But life's been psychotically busy, you know, planning that whole getting married and hand fasted. And yes, as I said, I'm going to switch careers. Um, I currently do an administrative type job and I'm planning to become a Pilates instructor. I am going to embrace my love of the body. As you all know, I truly think the body is divine. And so I'm going to switch into a career that allows me to help people directly engage with their bodies uh, in a healthy manner. So I think that's pretty fucking awesome. Um, I hope to get into classes starting in March and uh, going back to school while planning a wedding and working full time and still settling into, oh, wait, um, I'm moving, right? Because that's what I've been doing the last two months. Let me tell you, I've painted almost every wall in this goddamn apartment. <laughs> So, uh, yes, there will hopefully be selling of condo and moving of home to go with the wedding and the back to school and the working in the, uh, expanded coven and, uh, some other really funky stuff I hope to mention at the end of the podcast. Um, it is going, 2013 is the year of, holy crap, I just hope to make it through with, well, screw my sanity intact, I don't need my sanity, with my happiness intact. That's what I want. I want to make it through 2013 filled to the brim with an insane amount of accomplishment, but a good amount of pausing, breathing, and reflection so that I get to the end fully satisfied and not going, oh man, I missed the best moments. Because one should never miss the best moments. So let's get into our first topic of the day, which uh, I guess we could consider a big P perspective kind of um, topic. So let's run the intro to that because it's been so long. So let's throw in the intro and which I'm probably going to change and I'll be right back. Open your mind, your spirit, your heart. soul. Open your soul, your heart, spirit. your mind. Open to the world around you and change your perspective. And now it's time for The Big P. Told you I'd be right back. So, uh, talking about perspective, and yes, I'm definitely going to change that intro. I wanted to hearken on the fact that as I'm recording this, it is January 1st of 2013. And if you've seen the cute little uh, internet meme going around about how 2013 is the year of love and they've put 2013 backwards and it looks like arrows... I think that is a fucking fabulous way to approach the year. I think it is the best way to enter into anything is with the intention of love, love for yourself and love for anything, everything around you, as much love as you can possibly stand. And then a little bit more. That's what I'm advocating love for 2013. So 
It is the start of the Gregorian New Year. And yes, it's just an arbitrary date. And yes, it's just something set up by, I guess, the Romans with the Gregorian thing. You know, but I think we rob ourselves of power and opportunity when we focus on things that are what we consider secular and therefore not important. You know, the New Year's, it's secular, it's Gregorian, it doesn't have its background or its history, its weight in old spiritual practices. So if it doesn't have a strong spiritual history behind it, we kind of reject it. And then I get that, I really do. But I think we're doing ourselves a disservice when we do that. When you look at all the people who engage in the starting of the new year, you know, when that calendar turns over, the entire world, for the most part, I think, is engaged in that process. It is a sweeping across humanity kind of power that is celebrated and the energy raised runs from one end of the earth to the other. How can that not be magical? Why shouldn't we take hold of some of that opportunity and some of that magic and use it for ourselves? So that's something to keep in mind um, for next year, since uh, it's a little too late for that this year. Not too late to catch hold of some of the energy, but to truly do a great working on it. You'd really want to go into the new year with the intention. And that brings me to the topic of New Year's resolutions. So if you follow my blog, which is abysmalwitch.com, then you've already seen me talk about, uh, talk about New Year's resolutions. And I'm going to talk about them a little bit again here because I think it's a, a good thing to do, uh, to talk about, I guess. So diving, sorry, skittered off my own road there. Coming back and talking about New Year's resolutions from the abysmal witch point of view. And that is to say that I don't think that it is a wise thing to do to decide you're going to improve yourself in massive ways that you're going to radically alter your life for a new year's resolution. I think deciding that you're going to go back to the gym, lose weight or anything that you're going to struggle with as a new year's resolution is just fucking retarded because really why do that to yourself? We all know that those things don't work. If you want to make a change, a strong definitive change in your life, new year's is not the time to do it. Just like Christmas is not the time to buy somebody a puppy. You want to do those things when you're in a a place and a time that you can actively tackle that topic. No New Year's, I find, are the per- is the, the perfect time for giving yourself an extra boost on something that you already want to do, are trying to do, are starting to do, that you're loving to do. It is a great chance to give yourself a little extra impetus on something that already exists in your world. So for instance, last year, I decided that I would do attend some kind of live event every month for 2012. And I did things like I saw, um, laser show, which is subsequently shut down. Um, but there was a live component to it. I saw my first opera, saw the importance of being earnest, um, as well as I think there was another modern play in there. I never did make it to the jazz music place though, which is kind of strange, but I watched belly dancing. Uh, I think there was some other kind of belly dancing in there somewhere. I went to the Vancouver Aquarium and watched the beluga whale show and the otter show because that's a form of entertainment. In one month, we got so stretched tight and things that we had to get done that my live entertainment was watching my friends play with Fimo because God damn it, that's the only thing that was left. Uh, there was a parade, there was an air show, there was a a host of things. But the point is, it was something that I already wanted to do. I just needed an excuse to go out and do it and to put that little extra effort in. You know, when you're sitting there going, you know what, I'm tired and I just want to skip blah or skip X. Well, this is that reason to keep going, to push over that edge. But it's got to be in something you love to do and that you want to do. And then you can actually get to the end of the year feeling that you accomplished something in an area that you might not have otherwise, but that you really wanted to accomplish it. So you, you fulfilled a little promise to yourself. That is where it can take you if you don't let it go to a bad place. Always self-forgiveness has to be threaded in there because if you don't allow for some self-forgiveness and you fail, oh, it's just not worth it, kids. Just not worth it. 
So anyhow, this year's resolution for me is that I'm going to cook something I haven't tried cooking before every month. Just one thing in each month. So that's only 12 dishes over a year. I think I can handle that. It's not a Julia, Julie and Julia kind of situation. My God, I can't imagine doing new recipes every day. That would drive me insane. But I've been cooking more lately now that there's someone else in the house. I even baked cookies, sugar cookies over the holidays. Shocking. I haven't done sugar cookies in 20 years since the faithful night. It was a Halloween. I was up very late and I got food poisoning, not from the cookies in the midst of doing the sugar cookies and basically didn't make them again for 20 years because that was a memory that just didn't go away. <sighs> they turned out perfectly, actually. I was quite pressed. Well, I don't know about perfectly, but as close to perfect as I'm ever going to get with cookies. So hallelujah. Anyhow, the point being that I've already started making a bunch of new things. I've downloaded recipes. I've tried out like four or five um, recipes in the last, say, three months. So really, there's there's no difficulty in my interest, my joy, my passion, um, my inclination in accomplishing my goal, my um resolution for 2013 but all it does is make sure that what I'm enjoying I make sure I make the effort to keep enjoying over the year yeah so that's where I go with the whole new year's resolution the concept of new year's as a magical artifact and as a side note probably the best magical artifacts that come from a um people humanity-wide perspective is going to be the secular items. It's going to be the things that have nothing to do with religion or spirituality because we cannot agree in those areas, but we can agree on something as simple as an arbitrary date to turn over a calendar. Maybe arbitrary, but there's a whole lot of people energy behind it. So there was um, <laughs> another perspective thing that I did want to share with you that came out of my New Year's um, time, shall we say, what can I say? It was a good time to, to rest and relax and to smoke up and contemplate uh, the, my universe's navel. So not the universe and not my navel. <laughs> and yeah, I, I always kind of like, I like doing readings for myself. I like looking at where I've been, where I'm headed. So one of the things that I was reflecting on that I'm going to share with you last night that I think is, uh, it's such a simple thing to say, but, um, it's an attitude that I'm going to try and keep in my world for this coming year. So you've heard, this will be kind of my third intention, I guess, because you heard with the actual resolution, my intention to become a Pilates instructor. And then this third one, like I said, is a point of view. And that is to get away from failure. Yes, you can fail. Failure is a real thing. There is a past. There is a fail. There is an importance to the ability to fail. But in some arenas where I get really freaked out about failing, it isn't about fail. It's about accepting certain limitations and going, okay, you can do what you can do. You can do your best at it. And the results that come from that are simply are what they are. So I was phrasing it to myself of do the best that you can and let the results fall where they may. Because as long as I'm doing my best in the circumstance that I'm thinking of, it's all I can do. I can't do better than my best. I can't. You know, my best isn't going to be the most fantastic every day. Some days my best is going to be, you know, showing up and being half-assed, but I'm hoping to actually be truly the best that I can do at it for the next uh, year. And in that accepting that I may not do it the way that I think it should be done, I may not be doing it the way that I expect of myself, but if I'm doing my best, screw failing myself, screw failing whoever it is that I think that I'm failing, I'm doing my best. Let the results fall where they may. So that's an attitude that I am planning to take into the new year. And I would love to hear, quite honestly, um, what it is that, uh, that you're going to be doing for 2013, if anything. Or even if my little chat here has inspired you to give yourself a goal for the year that is already in alignment with something that you're doing and just 
maybe upping it a slight notch and doing it a little bit more. Or, as in the case of my cooking, it's not upping the amount of times that I do it. It's just uh, making a contract with myself to keep doing it, which sometimes is the trickiest part. But I've been really enjoying it, so damn it, I will keep with it. And now it's time for a little break. And I have absolutely no music picked out yet because I'm... dancing into this episode with all the fervor and desire to do it and almost no time. So let's find out what music might lie on the other side. From the darkness, day is dawning. In my darkest hour, I seek the light. All my pain and all my sorrow. May it ease with this new day. May my tears remain uncounted. And I bid the goddess be my guide. For where you lead, you know I'll follow. At the dawning, of this new day at this crossroad the way seems clouded and i bid the goddess be my guide grant me grace and grant me vision at the dawning of this new day May my strength and may my power lift me up and light my way. I seek faith and I seek wisdom at the dawning of this new day. At the dawning of this new day. At the dawning of this new day. And that, my beloveds, that was Kellyanna and This New Day. So we have actually two new segments for you this episode. Um, If I can get them out before I have to crash out and don't get a chance to come back to recording this episode, yes, life has become that insane. And the first one is called Dancing Bones, and that's what we're going to start with. Um... And I have no intros for these yet because there hasn't been time, but the intention is there. Anyhow, excuses, excuses, excuses. I've got a ton of them. They're very pretty. I like to shine them up like a little collection of marbles with some flowers dancing in between and glitter dust everywhere. And the Dancing Bones is about working with ancestors. So this first first time with the segment, um, we're going to be talking in a more introductory kind of concept with this. And I've talked to ancestors in the past. There was an episode that I did with my coven mate, Holly, where we talked about uh, ancestors in the family practice as she was sort of raised um, from a Chinese perspective. And uh, I think I've talked to ancestors at other points. And if you follow New World Witchery with Corey and Lane, ancestors have certainly come up there as well. And in other places. And it's interesting to me because while in the Wiccan traditions that I was trained in, there was no mention ever of ancestors and it simply wasn't part of the practice. And I didn't actually encounter ancestors in magical practice until I took a druidry course. I have noticed in recent years, a surgence of ancestor work within a Wiccan perspective. And I consider this a fabulous thing. And it's also something that has struck me and my coven mates uh, quite decidedly. 20 for the last couple of years we've been doing some very interesting and very deep work in working with ancestors and some of that that we have learned and experienced is what i'm going to be sharing in this segment so when i'm talking about ancestors in this context and i'm talking about working with them from a witch perspective a wiccan perspective what i'm actually talking about is not ancestors this time of the blood um or in bone Or maybe perhaps I do mean of the blood, but that's a whole different sort of topic. I digress. You know I do that. So uh, 
normally when we talk of ancestors, we talk of the ancestors who come to us through our physical bloodlines, who are our grandparents and our great grandparents and our great 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 grandparents and going back. And we have, you know, I'm Dutch and Mennonite by background, so I have a strong German ties and there's a little bit of Russian in there and apparently a little bit of English too, go figure. So we have those ties and we understand that ancestry. But what I'm talking about here and in this segment on Dancing Bones is about working with the ancestors of our spiritual line. So this is something that uh, I would say, uh, I don't know if I would say, but I'm going to toss it out there as to whether perhaps uh, Christians and Catholics do this and have done this very well in the form of saints. I don't know. But what I will say is that there are, well and truly are, ancestors of our spiritual path, of your spiritual path. And your path is not my path, but we have intersections and we have similarities just as we have differences. And for spiritual actions, hmm, no, for, for a spiritual perspective, from a Wiccan or witchcraft perspective, there are spiritual ancestors. They are the ones who did this before, and they may not do it the same way. They may have had different perspectives, but they have worked in so many different magical methodologies and experiences and traditions and thought forms and fuck, you name it, they've done it. The obvious ones from a modern age are ones like Blavatsky and Crowley and Gardner. You know, they are are obvious examples of the ancestors of our modern witchcraft. And uh, if you want some actual good, really, really good background on this, I suggest checking out Christopher Perlow's The Infinite and the Beyond. He does this corner in the cult segment that is a uh, has some really, really wonderful looks at what could be considered our modern spiritual ancestors. However, it doesn't stop there. And our ability to connect with them doesn't uh, depend on having a, a picture and a name that you need in order to draw upon them. I'm not going to tell you ultimately how to. But I will say that it is very doable and very possible and that it does not require those physical things. It does not require knowing who it is that you're looking for specifically. It is about knowing that you need to connect with an ancestor of your spiritual line who can help you and will help you. You know, got to put those protective shit in there because if you don't, you're just being stupid. But who will work with you and an aid you in progressing on your path in the best way possible, they are out there and they are willing and ready and able to help honest seekers. And what we have found is that, uh, there are, I mean, truly multitudes of them, um, is my guess, but that as we need a different perspective, as we grow as practitioners that are the ancestors that come shift and change because the information that we need, the guidance that we need shifts and change as we change. So that's, that kind of sums up the introduction. Uh, uh, And if I was to further sum it up for kind of a resolution of this segment, there are spiritual ancestors to our magical practice, to anyone's magical practice, unless you are so bizarrely unique that you have nothing to learn from the past. If you have nothing to learn from the past, then this segment is not for you. But this isn't about studying history. This isn't about uh, reading books and doing it just the way that people did. This is about connecting with real beings, real, real people who lived and died a long time ago. And in their living, they learned and experienced and grew and became strong, wise, powerful, sometimes bitchy, and became enough that they have decided 
to stick around in whatever form it is that they manage to do this in so that they can pass along and share and teach. And isn't that a great and wonderful thing? So in future episodes, I have no idea what's going to come to you from this particular segment, but I know that there will be things to share and I hope you enjoy and I hope that this is a topic that you find interesting. So there will be more ancestral work where I, uh, and we shall call them the ancestors of which, because that is generally how I refer to them when working with them. So there will be more on that in future episodes. In the meantime, I'm going to switch topics, but um, boom, and uh, not take a break just yet. I'm going to take a break at the end of this other new segment, and these will be the main segments, I guess, for the day. And at the very end of the show, there will be a different, um, yes, a, a thing, a different thing, a different sharing, shall we say. I know it's all about the, 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 the dangling of the toy in front of the cat nose. Ah, temptation. I don't know. It's a little late. I'm a little punchy. So the other new segment that I'm going to have on the show and okay, it, it has a crappy title right now, okay? It's a working title, and it's a crappy title, and it's <laughs> at the desk. It's, I told you. I did. I told you it was a crappy segment title, but it's the best I've got right now. So if you have a better idea, feel free to email me. Oh, and that reminds me. I am going to announce the winner of the Etched Offerings contest uh, shortly. Actually, right after the second break. So there you go. dun dun the Stand by with bated breath. And, uh... Right, because I told you I would do it by the end of the year. And this is the end of the year, start of the new year, so we shall do that. Anyhow, so the at the desk segment is, and it's going to be a little obscure, and this is why it's a crappy working title. But okay, no shit, there I was. I was reading um, the latest um, Lois McMaster Bujo book set in the Vorkosican uh, universe, and it's Vorpatril's Alliance, I think. That was probably a whole lot of blah, 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 ginger to most everyone. But if you're a, also a Bujo fan, high five. I happen to adore her writing. So I was reading the book and at one point it made reference to how everybody wants the job title, but nobody actually wants to sit at the desk because the title is the cool part. Ooh, I can be queen, high queen, high priestess of all, but doing that shit, man, who actually wants to do the work? Well, what we always hope for in our leaders is that the person who wanted that pretty leadership title also happens to want to do the work. It's when somebody wants the title and they don't want to do the work that we have problems. So between the book and some stuff at work and such and some other thoughts I've been having, I've decided to do a segment on uh, essentially coven... I don't want to call it Covencraft, though there's a book out there called Covencraft by Amber Kay on how to manage covens, but I kind of feel like this is a HR management segment for uh, coven or group workings. <laughs> and again, also way too long to be a working title um, or to be an effective title. So this segment is going to be about how to, how to be a good leader how to be part of a good group, how to make things work and work well. And the very beginning spot, the very first topic in the segment for me that we're going to come to is uh, what I like to consider kind of a basic one and kind of an obvious one given the introduction so far, and that is commitment. As I said, it's very easy and kind of fun to want the title. It's like my favorite part of university was picking the courses wasn't taking the courses and absolutely was not doing the exams or necessarily the papers for the courses but I adored picking the courses oh my god the topic the selection part the favorite bit and I wonder sometimes if that's the uh the same thing when it comes to you know what people you know want to rule the world or they want to be in charge they want to be the president the vp the the high up person because the title sounds great. It sounds fabulous. But the job itself, oh, baby, um, jobs are 
work. And the higher up you go, the more responsibility, the more decision-making, often the higher the workload um, has been my experience, at least from anyone who's actually done it well. Now, you can often manage the workload part, but it's still, it's a high level of commitment. If you're going to go further up the chain, if you're going to become the person in charge, you, you have to be willing to commit yourself. You have to be willing to commit your time, your energy, you know, your, your thoughts in the shower aren't always necessarily going to be about your personal life. They're going to be about your group life, whether it's at work or in a coven or in some other group. When you take on the responsibility you, you don't get to leave everything behind at the end of your designated time within the group. Instead, it comes with you because you've got planning to do, you've got prepping to do, you've got to shape and direct and give guidance and support and plan ahead. And, you know, if you're really good at it, you're looking at what's best for the other people and how you're going to make it good for them. That's a good leader, you know, if, at least from my perspective. And let's once again remember and remind that all of this show is simply my perspective. So for me, if you're going to take on more than the title and actually take on the desk of the job, then, then be committed. Do it because you want to do it. If you do it for other reasons, and I've recently experienced this, if you do it because you think you should, um, because there's something else that you're going to get out of it, like money or something, you know, chances are, if it's not an intrinsic value of yours, that's being fulfilled by you taking the job, you're not going to want it. You're not going to do it well. You're not going to embrace it the way that you should. Um, so you really have to think about why it is that you want to take on a role of leadership and be prepared to commit yourself to it. If you're not going to commit to being a leader, don't don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to the other people. You know, unless it's a situation where even putting in a half-assed effort, you can give great result and nobody's going to mind um, a lack of, of further input. Because there are times when you can do that, you know, when it's an easy case of leadership and your skills are pretty good and you're just, you know, a, a relatively low commitment to what you're capable of handling. But a lot of times uh, taking on a leadership role is a, it's a hell of a commitment. So think about it. Evaluate it. You know, what are you willing to put in? How much time are you willing to give up from your own personal track, your own personal path and goals in order to help shape and guide and do for the group? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of power and thrill in being in charge of a group. The shit you can do, holy crap, that you cannot do when you're on your own. It's truly magical the the things that you can pull off as part of a group in order to get there though you need to be part of a really well functioning group and then it brings you back to the whole it's uh, going to be effort and work and so commitment and thus ends uh my little rant litany for the at the desk segment if we ever come up with a better title you know i'll happily use it in the meantime though uh if you're going to be putting yourself into a position of leadership if you're evaluating uh, someone in the role of leadership. One of the things, the, a main thing I think to keep in mind is commitment. How committed are you willing to be? How much are you willing to put in? And just because you don't want to put in a million and a half pounds of energy does not mean that you shouldn't do it at all. Like I said, uh, you know, sometimes the commitment can be really light. Well, think about what you are willing to commit. Negotiate in the situation. Be clear on your boundaries, right? And then uh, you can do, not necessarily the full amount um, that perhaps the other people are expecting or even that you're expecting of yourself. You need to be clear outside and inside as well as to what your realistic boundaries are. So I suppose that should be the topic for the second segment in this one is realistic boundaries, but I am going to close it off for this one and just think about your commitment. What are you willing to put in? And it's something to be reviewed regularly. I think is your commitment. Are you still committed? Do you still want to put in the same amount of effort? 
there are other options that you can do um, without actually even necessarily stepping down, truly. But that is for another day. So instead, I shall close up this segment and there will be another break, which will be a remarkably long break because while it will seem instantaneous for you, I'm actually going to take a break until tomorrow for me because it is a bedtime. You know, some of us actually have to work in the morning. Yeah, I said that word. That is not a happy place, make. So in the meantime, I hope you enjoy this, uh, well, whatever it is that I'm going to put in the break. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's late. But I appreciate you sticking with me. I appreciate that you're still actually listening to the show. I hope that you're enjoying it with my very quiet voice. I've been fighting a cold for weeks. And uh, life's a changing. I'm a changing. That's part of why things have been so quiet for so long. When I'm in the midst of altering, becoming, I guess is a better word. I get very quiet because I don't know what it is that I want to say yet. And I'm still kind of working on that. So I hope that you'll bear with me and uh, give me feedback. Always really happy to get feedback and see you in a few seconds or a day, depending on your viewpoint. See, everything is about perspective. Episode 36 of Pennies in the Well is brought to us by the Three of Wands and the very determined Algier. And welcome back to episode 36 of Pennies in the Well. In your world, very little time has probably passed, but in mine, several days, one heck of a lot of Kleenex and fluids, plenty and plenty of fluids. And what I have not found yet is my voice, but fuck it. We're recording anyways, because we are so close to done. One teeny tiny little segment and a giveaway left to go. And then this episode is over and it can fly out into the great wild blue yonder. And no, there hasn't been any cold medication in that sense today. I'm don't think I'm right in my head, but we all know that I'm not right in my head pretty much 96% of the time. Well, 96.3% of the time, if we were going to be precise. So really, why worry about how right I am in the head when we could just get on with the show? So first, we need to select the winner of the book, Etched Offerings, Voices from the Cauldron of Story, which uh, Misanthrope Press has decided uh, that they are not going to continue, which means uh, da, 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 that um, it's actually either no longer available now or soon to be no longer available, intriguingly enough. So uh, this is a rare, rare gem for the lucky winner. And let's find out who it is. <clears throat> okay. And the winner is, ah, Stephanie Williams. So congratulations to Stephanie. I'm going to be emailing you to let you know that you are the lucky winner and so that you can send me an address so that I can send you your very own copy of Edged Offerings. I hope you enjoy and thank you so much. Uh, she left a comment on the uh, iTunes page and if anyone else wants to, of course, I would be ecstatic because that just makes my whole little heart fuzzy warm place go heart fuzzy warm. Yay. Um, okay, that all being said, final segment of the night, and I have no idea right at the moment what kind of segment this would be classified as. Um, let's let's call it a, an abysmal witch working. Yes, actually, let's even play the intro for that because I want to set the mood. I want to set the tone. I want to bring you into a certain kind of headspace before continuing. So without... Okay, with ado, this is the ado that I have been looking for. Hear now the words of the witches, the secrets we hid in the night when dark was our destiny's pathway that now we bring forth into light. So I've already spoken in this episode about how we've been working with the ancestors uh, for the past, well, it's been a couple of years now, I think. And it's been a magical 
experience has been a fascinating road and I'm sure it's something I will speak more about at another time. But what's important right now is that it has led us, uh, myself and certain people I've been working with, to a very interesting place. And it's, an, it's a place, it's a time, it's a great work. It's... It, it's a need for change at its most basic. It's, ah, this is not the best intro. So cycling around a different way. We have been challenged with a task that we take up with, with pride, with hum, humbleness, with, I don't even know what it's, it's too big to think about. And so instead it just is what it is. It is acknowledging that the world is not in a good place, that it is not headed to a good place based upon current ways, that there is a growing series of movements. There's been the occupy damn near everything. Now we have idle no more, uh, in Canada, which is, uh, well, go Google it. You'll find out much more than my adult brain can tell you right now, but it is a strong movement that's growing. And it's a phrase that can really capture your heart and your soul. Idle no more. Idle no more about the destruction of our ecosystems. Idle no more about the collapse or coming collapse of our economy based upon choices that a few are making on behalf of everyone that are taking us down a path that is absolutely not sustainable. So the world. It's going to hell in a handbasket, god damn it. And I don't like it. And the people that I'm with don't like it either. And we've been given an insight into a way that as magical people we can work towards changing it. And that's what we are doing. Uh I and a small group of people have begun working. We call it the dark star working for reasons that I'm definitely not going into at the moment, not because I have anything to hide or anything like that, but I refer you back to adult brain and I'm not even entirely sure how much my voice is going to record right now because I'm pretty sure I got the whole sexy, sexy voice going on right now. Oh yeah, sexy. Mm. I probably sound like some weird uh, criminal or something. Batman. Yes, I'm Batman because I've got that weird low tone thing working for me. <clears throat> Anyhow, so we are magical people. I assume if you're listening to this that you are of some nature a magical person or at least you have a desire to better yourself, your world, because otherwise why the hell would you be putting up with me? Uh, either that or my particular brand of wacky really works for you, in which case, you know, enjoy the rest of this. But we were putting it out there that we are people who are capable of instigating change in the world, not just on a physical level, but on a metaphysical level. And we know that if we do this uh, the, with more, so the more of us who gather together, not even having to gather together, but the more of us who work together energetically, who work towards the same end, the same purpose, the same goal, the stronger that energy will become and the greater its impact and its change. We are here to support change. We're not trying to direct it. We don't think that uh, our, our little viewpoints shape that but we what we do see is that there is a strong need for change a need to break out of where we were we are right now so that what needs to happen so that a, a, I don't know a re-establishment a, a change so that the earth can re-establish herself I don't know how you want to phrase it but we need to shake it up so that it has a chance of repatterning in a way that will actually be sustainable and healthy so this is what I and some of my compatriots have been working on for the last little while. And we have, we've sent it out now to the world. And I want to invite anyone listening to this. If you're interested, pass along this information, read up on it. But mostly go check out the ritual um, to see how you can contribute. And we are going, and I haven't said this a whole heck of a lot in blogs and such, but we are trying to do this in a vaguely timely fashion. Our first working has already started the destabilization of the current uh, flows. I'm trying to shake it up, as it were, lighting the match to what we are doing. And we're going to keep going with this stage until the beginning of February. And after in bulk, I believe we're moving to stage two. But you have to stay tuned and pay attention for what will happen in that particular set of future 
In the meantime, we invite you, and I invite you, that if you're interested, if you don't like where the planet is, where our culture is, where our society is, where we're going, there is something you can do. You don't have to leave home to do it. You don't have to write your congressman, but you have to do your magic. You have to do your ritual. Um, and the ritual that we outline is actually literally an outline. It's about taking your skills, your tools, your magic, your style, and putting it just within a framework to a particular purpose so that the energy releases into the right direction. And by working in the sense together, it will have that impact. <clears throat> I have that certainty within me. I know that each piece of magic has its impact and each piece that's added makes it greater. And it is only a question of how many as to how big. <clears throat> and never forget that uh, it's about applying pressure in the right place. And I like to think that we're going to do a decent job of that one because we've got some help from the ancestors and from our gods and making sure this goes where it needs to go um, and trying to keep our, our little human hubris out of it, as it were. So we're trying. And I and we and I invite you, if you're interested, to join us in trying. So the website for all of this is darkstarworking.wordpress.com. That was dark. Oh my God, it's night outside. Star. Oh, look. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. And working. Oh, seriously, working in the morning? So darkstarworking.wordpress.com. If you are interested, feel free to pass the information along. Uh, you can contact me, of course. Oh, yes. And of course, as always, you can contact me at penniesinthewell at gmail.com. Uh, my blog is abysmalwitch.com. And there's probably other information all of that kind of stuff, but I got no brain, babies. I got nothing. I got a serious little ass head cold that's just messing with me. So it's been a bit of a rocky return to the podcasting world. I'm pretty sure you'll hear from me somehow a little bit more regularly, even though God's <laughs> 2013 is so psychotically, frantically busy. They just thinking about it makes me a little manically giggly and that's okay. I hope that your 2013s turn out to be glorious. I hope that you are enjoying your moment, your night, your day, your year, your life, your path. And if you're not, then change something, honey. Or I guess that works male or female. Change it. Change it. Make it so that you love it. And no, we don't love them every day, our lives, but we should at least a good portion of the time. So whatever else I was going to say on this episode, I have no fucking clue. And... All I can do is wish you all the very best from my heart to yours. Blessings of the deep and the wild to you. And as we go on out into the wild blue yonder, I'm going to leave you with one of those not actually pagan songs and not one of those for which I have permission. Shh, don't tell anybody. Um, but it's been stuck in my head so fucking often <laughs> recently that I give up. I'm putting it out there with all of you because it's catchy. And uh, come on, Nietzsche said it. If Nietzsche said it, well, it's got to be good. And it's one of the, it's the phrase that I both, I get it, I resonate with it, and I kind of loathe it because it just, it's, it's not the land of fun. Um, so the song that we're going to go out with is Kelly Clarkson's uh, Stronger. Again, blessings of the deep and wild to you. Be well and blessed be. You know the bed feels warmer Sleeping here alone You know I dream in color And do the things I want you got the best of me Think you've had the last laugh Bet you think that everything good is gone Think you left me broken down Think that I'll come on and back Maybe you don't know me cause you're dead wrong What doesn't kill you makes you stronger
What doesn't kill you makes